In-depth journalism in the Memphis community, The Daily Memphian is of Memphis, not just in Memphis, and seeks to tell the stories of this city. TheDailyMemphian.com. Truth in place. Welcome to the Daily Memphian Tigers podcast. I'm Jonah Jordan, the Memphis Tigers beat reporter, and today I'm joined by John Varwis, the preps writer on here at the Daily Memphian. How are you doing today, John? Hey, good, Jonah. Thanks for having me, man. Absolutely. I can't believe it's taken this long for me to have you on. Ah, uh, good things are worth waiting for. You know. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. We've had a lot of news this week concerning the Tigers and local Memphis products. Um, first, Matt Morell. I think that was, was that this week or two weeks ago where he decided to transfer to IMG Academy from Whitehaven? Yeah, I mean, it's still still fresh, and it was a pretty interesting development. I mean, what did you think about that when uh, you first saw that Matt was leaving? Uh, well, I kind of expected it. Somebody had told me it was Arlington or IMG, and I was like, no offense to Arlington, but IMG, you get prepared there, you get college stuff there, you get so much that you don't get here in Memphis. Yeah, and I mean the you know from from talking to Trey Draper periodically throughout the year who, you know, is probably as most folks know, he's an assistant down there at IMG now. I mean, they just got world-class facilities, world-class coaching, you know, diet, weight room, you know, anything you need to be a great prospect. I mean, they got it down there and I think, you know, no disrespect to Whitehaven, of course, because it's a it's a very good school. But I mean, Matthew's just going to flourish flourish down there. He's an incredibly talented young guy, and now he's got all those tools at his disposal to just just blow up potentially. Yeah, he really absolutely. could. I mean, he's already. I think he jumped twenty three, twenty four spots in the class of twenty twenty two four seven rankings. Yeah. And the biggest thing on people's mind is how this affects Memphis, and I really don't think it does because he's a Memphis kid, and those Memphis kids will always have that connection to the city. Um, but as you said, Trey Draper is a assistant there. I think he really could keep getting bigger and bigger offers. Somebody told me recently they think he could go to one of the bigger Blue Bloods if he wanted to. Well, and that's what I was going to say. Yeah, I mean, Memphis is always going to play, be in play for a guy like Matthew. But, you know, when you when you take your game from Whitehaven to IMG Academy and you're playing on that national stage, every game you play is going to be a national you know, it's gonna be on ESPN prep two, school ESPN type, news, yeah, yeah, national type team, and so yeah, you know, it, it wouldn't be a surprise if the, you know, maybe the Dukes or the Kansases or North Carolinas of the world start, you know, take a look at Matthew. Maybe he wasn't previously on their radar, but they, you know, take a look at him and say, hey, you know, this guy can play. He's got talent. He can do it all. He can shoot. He can jump. He's a, a natural leader. He's intelligent. I mean, you know, he's a total package, really. Yeah, yeah, and I'm a little bummed about Matthew leaving, obviously, because he's the best guy in Memphis. You go and watch him. I mean, he Whitehaven East games were epic. Um, I'm bummed that Faraji. I'm excited, but bummed for him and Faraji both. He, Matt, what, what Matthew did at the end of that uh, Southwind game in the playoffs last year, the elimination game against Southwind, when he hit that buzzer-beating shot. It was incredible. It was incredible. And, you know, you, you, you know, n- not just the shot, but talking to him afterwards and talking to Coach Phillips afterwards, you know, Coach Phillips said, hey, you know, there's no doubt in my mind a, that that ball was going to Matthew Morell in that situation, and B, there was no doubt in his mind that Matthew was going to make the shot in that situation. I mean, it just shows you the kind of player he is, the kind of confidence, you know, he had in him, and just, you know, what he exactly is capable of doing. And then, you know, you add the, all the highlight reel dunks and things he can do. I mean, the guy's just a, a showstopper. Yeah. I think now that both of those guys are gone, it's pretty obvious to me who the best team 
in the city is going into next year the best high school basketball team it's probably Briarcrest and the best best player is probably Kennedy Chandler I, I don't I don't think there's any any doubt about it and it, you know it may be kind of weird for people to just drop in and out on basketball you know periodically to hear us say that but yeah I mean Kennedy Chandler won Mr. Basketball last year he's you know got offers from a host of Everyone, host of great schools already. He's on, you know, he's only going into his junior year, so he's only going to get better, bigger, stronger, you know, more more court savvy, more everything. You know, they got a great coach out there, well, John Harrington. You know, certainly oh, going to help his great, game. Yeah. yeah, great dude. Um, but yeah, outside of outside of you know Kennedy, you've got um, Marcellus Brigham. You've got um, Michael Malone, you know, the kid they call Scooter. Yeah. Yep. You, know, you know, Scooter. <laughs> and, uh, and, you know, Omari Thomas, who, you know, the, the football guy who we'll, we may talk about later here on today, but he's also a heck of a high school basketball player. Yeah. And if, you know, if he elects to play basketball again in his senior season, which I, you know, wouldn't see why he wouldn't. I mean, that's four starters coming back from a state championship team that only lost two games last year. So, you, I mean, that's a squad. And, oh, yeah. you know, who knows what else they'll, they'll add, too. So, Earlier this uh, year, you wrote a story concerning East, yeah, and they're losing James Wiseman. They're losing Malcolm Dandridge. Everybody basically is. They're going to have a whole new team next year. How much do you think this stuff with their STEM program changing? And I mean, they will have a whole new team. What does Coach Holmes have to do over there? You know, that's that's a real great question, Jonah. And I and I you know posed it to the STEM principal out there, and and you know her thing was. East is always going to be competitive in athletics and academics. You know, they want to make it towards mm-hmm. both. They don't think that, you know, just because you're necessarily a STEM school that the athletics have to sacrifice. And, and you know, and that and that's the case. You know, I mean, you look at it, guys like Wiseman, Dandridge, Alex Lomax. I mean, these were smart kids anyway. You know, it's not like they were just there to play basketball. You know, these were good, smart kids anyway who had they – chosen to go that route you know they could have been stem students absolutely but yeah but with those guys being gone with uh you know with what you just said about whitehaven losing matthew morell and phillips and 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 um i mean triple a is just going to be wide open next year you know bartlett graduated pretty much everybody and and tavion column plus about 10 other guys i mean you know southwind lost some guys you know the the Arlington has a new coach and they're going to be in a bit of a rebuilding stage. I mean, AAA is going to be wide, wide open uh, in Memphis next year. I mean, yeah, when you look at the best teams, you got to look at Briarcrest first and, and and maybe Wooddale, you know, with Jonathan Lawson. I was going to say back. Wooddale, yeah. yeah. But tri- yeah, AAA is going to be a, a wide open dogfight. I mean, yeah. I've, I've never seen it in my time here. To oh, it's going to be, gonna so be a great year. Open. Yeah. It's going to be a great year. But we talk about Kennedy Channel and talk yeah. about East. Who are those guys behind them? Because I think it's a pretty definitive list of okay you got Kennedy Chandler on the top and then probably Jalen Brown Jonathan Lawson in some order and then who are the other names who are some guys you're looking at and be like okay this kid's gonna be a player next year because I think maybe Chandler Jackson at CBHS could be a name. I, I, that, that, you, you stole that from me I was, <laughs> uh, Chandler was the one that immediately jumped into my mind Chandler Jackson from Christian Brothers who had a, a terrific season last year um, I think he has a chance to be really good uh, you know I think I think next season, uh, Jonathan Lawson over at Wooddale is going to flourish with, you know, without Chandler, uh, you know, not saying that as a, mm-hmm. as a, as a negative or, or a shot at Chandler or anything, but, you know, Jonathan will be the man over there and he'll have the ball in his hands all the time and he'll be running the show. And I think he'll, we'll really get a chance to see his full menu of skills and, and yeah, Jalen Brown over at, at Tresman's really good. 
I mean, there, there's Mason you know, Miller, Mason, yeah, Mason Miller at Houston, obviously, uh, and TJ Madlock as well. Oh, he's a fun little guard. Yeah, good, good prospect. You know, plays a lot like his dad. You know, nothing flashy, but solid and and just you know just a good floor general. Um, you know. It's it's really going to be interesting. It's really going to be an open year, and, and it's going to be a chance for you know some guys that heretofore haven't gotten a lot of publicity. Maybe like a, a kid like Jesse Payne over at Whitehaven, mm-hmm. who's been overshadowed a little bit, you know, by by Morrell and you know Jordan Wilmore, who got a lot of publicity because he was seven feet four. You know, it might be a, a chance for a kid like you know a Jesse Payne of the world to to, to come through. You know, Alden Applewhite over at Lausanne, well, an, another good player, really highly regarded. I don't want to skip over Alden. Um, you know, so many good players, but yeah, you know, it, it's going to be open and it's going to be a chance for, you know, somebody to really make a name for themselves this year. There's been a lot of movement when we move on to football now. There's been a lot of movement I've noticed in the coaching ranks and everything. Do you yeah. think that has kind of thrown things out of whack with who the about? The balance of power, I guess, over the last few years? I don't know if it's thrown the balance of power out of whack i mean what it what it does you know with the the transfer situation being what it is it it makes the the transferring kind of fluid and and kind of unpredictable you Mm -hmm. know and you talk to a lot of these coaches i mean they'll tell you they don't a lot of times they don't know who's going to be there until the first day of school so (laughs) you know it's as as much of a surprise to them a lot of times as as it it is to others but you know yeah when you have a a guy like major Wright going to central and Mm -hmm. uh you know trying to trying to revive that program like he did so successfully at raleigh egypt then this past off season you have uh, a guy like joe Riccone going to collierville um you know from white station where he was really successful in collierville you know everybody knows they've got that Great oh new stadium gosh. out there, those beautiful facilities, and it looks like a college. Yeah, and Coach Raccone's in heaven out there because he's a Collierville <laughs> grad. He lives in Collierville, and he, you know, he's he's a Collierville guy, and he's in he's in heaven out there. So, I mean, that program like that is a sleeping giant. Uh, you know, a program like Bartlett, you know, they're building their facilities up as well, and they brought in uh, Lance Tucker from Alabama, where he was a really successful coach down there. I mean, they, you know. I don't know if the white havens of the world, you know, have anything to necessarily be worried about, but you know, as time goes on, yeah, we might see some, some of these other schools, you know, stepping up to the plate a little bit in in football. Yep. I agree. I agree. Um, Memphis picked up a commit earlier this week. This is what I really want to talk to you about. I was excited to talk to you about a Kalen Granberry, former Raleigh Egypt running back. Obviously he had a pretty tough road in high school. He ended up going to the junior college route, stuck it out. He's got one more year of junior college, and then he's going to join the Tigers. He told me 100% shut it down. He's not going to not going to really listen to any other teams now. I'm not saying like Ole Miss or Tennessee, you know, if those come through. But right now, he's committed to Memphis. What do you think about him? Because you, you, you covered him in high school. You've known about him for a long time. What do you think? Yeah, I love Kalen Granberry. And I when you know when I saw that you had, had uh, posted that story, uh, great job on that, by the way. It was just just it just made me really feel proud because you know folks that know Kalen you know know that he's been through a lot um you know the reason he's in junior college is is because you know he had work to do on his grades for various reasons and and things like that like a lot of players do but you know his football talent has never been in, in question you know he when he was a senior he won Mr. Football he broke the city record for touchdowns in the regular season um 
and and just just a really good kid who's, who's been through a lot but you know going to junior college provides an opportunity for so many players to to, to get that offer that they didn't have coming out of high school and and, and kaylin's really taking advantage of that one 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 thing i'll always remember about kaylin and this isn't about him directly but they had this thing at raleigh egypt where if you scored I think it was like four touchdowns in a game. You got to wear gold cleats, and, and, and obviously Kalen did that, you know, quite a few yeah. times. But but they got to the point in the season where the touchdown record was was in reach. So uh, so they came up with a thing. Well, if if Kalen breaks the touchdown record, his linemen would get to wear gold cleats. That's awesome. And, and being linemen, you know, you can imagine how excited oh, they, they were, were about pumped, that. Yeah. So yeah, so they broke the record. The line got gold cleats. <laughs> Kalen, you know, Kalen got his. It was amazing. Yeah. I mean, the line went nuts over that. That's great. Yeah, I think uh, two four seven finally rated him, and I think they ranked him as like a top five junior college prospect in the nation right now, which is a pretty big deal. Um, but Memphis is still working on their class of twenty twenty. That's right. That'll be so seniors this upcoming year. Um, any local guys that stand out to you? Like, okay, if Memphis got that kid, it'd be a game changer because they want to get these local guys. Well, and as long as we're on the junior college ranks, what, what, what's what's incredible to me is is Kalen Granberry, like you just said, is highly rated as a running back, but also one of the top JUCO wide receivers in the nation is from Memphis, Kondarius Taylor yep. from Ridgeway, who originally signed with Oklahoma out of high school. And then uh, on, the, on the defensive side of the ball, Jordan Davis – from Southwind, yep. who signed with Alabama out of, I think they're both both committed to people right now, aren't they? Yeah, but you know, you never know. Commitments are nothing until you <laughs> put your name to the paper. I, I just, you know, I just think it's a tremendous um, advertisement for Memphis area high school football that you got three terrific JUCO prospects mm-hmm. nationally that are that are from Memphis, and yeah. you know, as it stands right now, yeah, Memphis is. Kendarius went to Ridgeway, right? Kendarius went to yeah, Ridgeway. The kid's really outstanding good. wide receiver. I mean. You know, I mean, you signed with Oklahoma out of high school, you know, from from Memphis, uh, a city that's, you know, where the football reputation is is still growing in terms of the basketball. I mean, that says something. And then Jordan Davis signed with Alabama. But, yeah, so much talent in the class of 2022. I think it's one of the best we've seen in a long time. And and it starts with the O-line. It starts with guys like Omari Thomas, who Mm -hmm. we mentioned, got offers from – you know, Alabama and everybody on down. Uh, Marcus Henderson, the big lineman at MUS. Uh, you know, then you got Ray Curry, the lineman at, at White Station, who's committed to uh, Missouri. Yep. But, you know. Like Chris a, Morris out of Central. Chris Morris out of Central. And it's interesting with Chris because he's transferred to Central. And we're not going to know his eligibility status um, until, you know, we get around the time of practice starting. Yep. Yep. But, yeah, Chris is a tremendous prospect as well. Um, you know, you, you I mean, obviously, you look at the two linebackers over at Whitehaven, Eason and French, French and Eason. You know, you go back and <laughs> forth with those guys, Martavius and Bryson. I mean, they number one and number two on on the jerseys, yep. and you know they're they're just two really great linebackers. I mean, so much talent here. How um, hard is it for Memphis to keep these kids home? It's got to be incredibly hard, Jonah, because because when it comes to the football guys, you know, you're recruiting against you're recruiting against everybody, you know. Take Eric, Eric Gray, for example. You know, obviously Eric Gray would be a tremendous running back at Memphis, but you got schools last year coming in like Michigan and, and, and UT and Alabama, you know, all the heavy hitters, you know. Yeah. I mean, I mean, yeah, Omari Thomas would be huge at Memphis, but, you know, 
when Omari Thomas goes on a, on a, on a recruiting visit, you know, he's going to Alabama and talking to Nick Saban and checking out those facilities. You know, he's going to Clemson and checking yep. out those facilities, Georgia, you know, I mean, it, Tennessee, it, 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 it's a different, those, yep. it's a different level and, and Memphis isn't there yet. What, what I think Memphis needs to do and what I think Memphis has always needed to do, and, they, and they've done a better job of it lately, but I think what Memphis always needs to do is identify the younger prospects, make sure they get that first offer into them yep. So because that's so important for a lot of these kids. Yeah, that's something they've always struggled with is that, okay, you can come on our campus, and they love the coaching staff. Like um, Melvin McBride, who ended up going to Tennessee, him and Ryan Silverfield, I know for a fact, had a fantastic relationship. They were very close. They, you know, They talked all the time. But in the end, it's him picking Memphis, Tennessee, or Louisville. And it's like the the lure of that. And then they look at it, and it's like, okay, some of these kids should stay home. Like, some, some kids should stay here because they're not going to play for three years. And Memphis oper- offers an opportunity to play right away while, okay, if you stay for three years, or you're going to stay at a SEC school for three years, you may end up transferring. you got to go to junior college, and you're going to only get one, maybe two years of real college football. And it's a constant battle that they're having to fight here in the city to prove to kids, hey, you should stay home. What do you think, how much ground has Norvell made up in the last few years? And I know it started with Fuente, but Norvell especially seems to have done a pretty good job locally. I think he, I think he's made up a lot of ground, and I think that the success that a lot of the local kids are having with the Tigers right now, you know, guys like uh, Joey Magnifico from St. Benedict and, and Austin uh, Hall from Collierville. And Tim Hart from Tim MMS. Hart, Yeah, Tim Hart, some of these other guys. You know, Tim Taylor, I expect him to, to – have a, a much bigger role this year and, and do well once he gets his chance. So yeah, when the local kids start seeing that, I think I think that's going to be the most important thing of all. You know, it's one thing to go in and tell these kids, "Hey, you're going to be a part of our program. We want you to be a part of our program." But once they see that they actually are committed to, mm-hmm. you know, giving you the shot if if, you, if you're good enough, I think that's going along going to go a long way. But you know, going back to what you said, the whole SEC versus Memphis argument. You know, you. You look at a guy like Joshua McMillan who signed with Alabama out of Whitehaven, you know, the yeah. great star linebacker, and, and he's really not played much at all at Alabama up to this point. You know, would he have been better off at Memphis? Or, you know, would he be better off working his way up through the ranks at Alabama and, and getting a chance to maybe shine as a senior and, and uh, you know, get, get drafted like a lot of these other yeah. Alabama prospects. It's a real tough situation. It's up to the individual, obviously, and whatever they think is best for their career. But, you know, I I don't know how you can tell a kid, you know, to say no to Alabama yeah, if, they, if they really you, want you. You get an offer from Nick Saban, and it's Nick Saban wants me to come play for him. That's yeah. a hard thing to absolutely turn down. Absolutely. In Clemson, Georgia. I mean, these are the kind of schools that are in here. You know, we, Kondarius Taylor, Oklahoma was in after him. So many, so many of the big schools are coming after the local football talent, and it's and it's wonderful to see. But but yeah, Memphis, you know, Memphis wants to get in on that mix as well, and and I and I think they will, and you know, they they just have to um, they just have to identify the right targets and and make the right calls on some of these kids. Yeah. So the last few years, we've had a pretty defined list of explosive guys in Memphis. Like, okay. If I want to go see somebody score a bunch of touchdowns, um, a few years ago you could go see Kalen Granberry, and or up to now it was Eric Gray. Who's a guy this year? Like, okay, if I want to go see an exciting playmaker, go make plays. 
who am I going to see? There's a couple of guys, a couple of guys that jump to mind immediately. One is uh, Terry Wilkins, the running back over at Fairley, who is a uh, kind of a small running back right now. He's got Middle Tennessee as an offer. Mm-hmm. I know that, um, and some other Middle Tennessee type of schools, Arkansas State people like that. He ran for over two thousand yards last oh, year wow. and is really, really impressive. Uh, Another fun kid uh, is is and I'm gonna mess mess up his last name. It's Lincoln Lincoln Perry over at Houston. Oh yeah, P A R E Lincoln. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> he had a, he had a great year as well last year. He ran for over 2,000 yards, competing against you know 6A competition. You know the German towns and the and, and the Collierville's and the Arlingtons of the world. You know that's that's who he, he played against. He's he's a fun prospect, and he is you know he's really fast. You know quote unquote, you know, I'm going to use a code deceptively <laughs> fast, <laughs> but, um, you know, he's a, he's a heck of a running back. And, and I know, I, I know for a fact from talking to some, some of these college coaches who used to be high school coaches around here that they, they love Lincoln Perry and would love to have him as part of their program. But in terms of playmakers, those are, those are two fun guys that I would definitely have near the top of the list this year. All right. Well, I think that'll do it for today, John. Thank you for coming on. I appreciate um, it. I had a lot of fun. Thanks, Jonah. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, you can follow John on Twitter at John Barros and me at underscore Jonah Jordan. You can go subscribe to the Daily Memphian where you can find my content, John's content, and more. Um, you can find the Daily Memphian podcast, which are powered by the OAM Network, anywhere you can find your podcast, whether it be iTunes, Stitcher, or Spotify. In-depth journalism in the Memphis community. The Daily Memphian is of Memphis, not just in Memphis, and seeks to tell the stories of this city. TheDailyMemphian.com. Truth in place.